Hey, this is Pastor Arm, and I want to thank you for joining me today for the Activation Church podcast. We are here so that people can activate their life in Christ, and I believe this message is going to help you go further than ever before. Check it out. I want to start with this statement this morning. There's no such thing as a bad example. Maybe growing up, you, your parents said, hey, you need to watch out for hanging out with them because they're a bad example. You ever heard that before? They're a bad example. You need to watch out for them. But the truth is, there's no such thing as a bad example as long as you are willing to learn from their mistakes and adjust your life to not follow the same patterns that got them into the situation that they're in. They can actually become a good example to me of what not to do. You know, growing up in church, I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm a fourth generation pastor. So I grew up in church, around church people, around church leaders, around ministers, and I have seen so many people destroy their life because of the patterns that they follow. I've seen them destroy their life because they allowed a small crack in the door to be opened where the enemy could come in and wreak havoc on their life. But I've also learned that I can watch what they did, alter it, change it up, flip the script, and live and walk in victory. Samson is who we're going to look at today uh, in a little bit. He had tremendous potential, but he had terrible patterns. And so we are going to look at a portion of his life today and kind of learn what not to do. We're, we're calling today's message, Shut the Door. Somebody say, Shut the Door. You know, maybe you thought that 24 was the day to open the door. You know, year 2024, we're going to open the door. No, I'm here to tell you that t- this year is the year for some of you to shut some doors in your life. You, and you don't have to raise your hand right now, but how many of you would say there are some doors that you need to shut? And so that's what we're going to deal with today. And I want to start by looking at Ephesians, the sixth chapter. We'll start in verse 10 where the Bible says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Then he goes on to say in verse 11, Put on the whole armor of God. Somebody say, I need all of it. He says, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against. So I want you to understand that God is giving you the ability and the things you need to stand against some things that are coming your way. He says, put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Turn to the person next to you and say, schemers be scheming. You need to understand that the devil is a schemer and he's coming up with a scheme. A scheme is a systematic plan. A scheme is not something that's just developed overnight. It's not just thrown together. It is a well-oiled, well-designed plan that is all put together before it is executed. The Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 8, it says that the devil goes around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Have you ever watched a fight on television? Or maybe you've been to a live fight event? You know, these guys that hop into the ring, they're not just showing up for the fight. There's some things that they're going through. There's some preparation. There's some time that they're putting into 
this fight. There's some training that they're going through. And a part of this training is they will study their opponent. And the reason they are studying their opponent is because they want to find that weakness. They want to find that open door that they can step into to strike. So when you hear that the devil is a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, the first thing I want you to see is you have an adversary out there that is seeking to devour your life. There is a real enemy that has made it his purpose and mission to destroy your life, to destroy your family, to destroy your mental health, your emotional well-being. He wants you living in fear. He wants you living in worry. He wants you living in, with anxiety. He wants you stuck in addiction. He is after you. That's the first thing I want you to see. But the second thing is he is seeking. Somebody say he's seeking, which means he is studying you to come up with a scheme that is tailor-made just for you. You know why? Because what gets you may not get me. And what gets me may not get you. So he looks at our life. He looks at our patterns. And, and most of the time, what he's looking for is that open door. He's looking for that small space, that, that space that may seem insignificant to you or that space in my life that may seem insignificant to me. He looks for that space, and that's where he steps in and takes his opportunity to strike. That's why the Bible says that you can give no opportunity to the devil. You know why? Because he will take it. If there is an opportunity, he will take it, and he doesn't fight fair. So when we talk about Samson, I want you to understand, like, Samson was incredibly strong. He did some amazing things. One of the things you could read about in Scripture that he did is he took a lion by it. Listen to this. I mean, this is crazy. He takes a lion and rips it apart with his bare hands. That's a bad dude. Like, that's the guy you don't want to mess with. That's the guy you don't want to flip off on the road and accidentally come up to him side by side at a red light. Samson was the real Deal. There's another story you can read about his life where he kills a thousand men by himself with just the jawbone of a donkey. So imagine an entire army comes up. Samson's like, well, I don't have a sword. I don't have a machine gun. Oh, look, there's a jawbone. Bring it on. Whips them all. He was incredibly strong, but he had an open door. His open door was a weakness. In his life. His open door was that he had a weak will. If you read through his story, you can see time and time and time again where he made the wrong decision and followed the wrong pattern that kept on giving the enemy space in his life to move. So the first thing I want you to take note of this morning is this. You have to be very careful who and what you allow into your life. I want to say it again for everybody in the back. You've got to be careful who and what you allow into your life because sometimes what you are allowing in is the thing that is creating the space for him to operate. You need to know that the devil only has the power against you that you give to him. If you're in Christ Jesus, 
He cannot touch you unless you actually give him permission by opening the door. So you've got to be very careful what you let in. I don't know if you're familiar with Greek mythology, but there's a story of the Trojan horse. Anybody heard of the Trojan horse before? So it's said that there was this war that lasted around 10 years, and the Greek people couldn't find a way to take down the Trojan army. And so towards the end of this 10 years, they build this large wooden horse. They deliver it to the gate of the city, and then they go and retreat. And so the Trojans think they're surrendering, they're retreating, they're leaving, and they've left this horse as like a trophy for our victory. So they open the gate, they roll the the Trojan horse inside, they close the gate, they lock it, they celebrate their win, all is well, but when they go to bed that night, there were men hiding inside of the horse, and when they came out, they opened the gate, and the army was able to come in. They were defeated by what they let in. Samson was the kind of guy that no one could take out. They tried. And nobody could handle Samson. Think about it. A thousand men did not have the ability to take Samson out. But his life was destroyed by what he invited in. See, sometimes we invite things into our life like unforgiveness we invite things like bitterness into our life sometimes we create an open door through some unhealed trauma it could be something that we went through as a child that we've not resolved we've not taken it to god we've not allowed him to bring healing to our heart and to our life and to our mind and so we create a space and that's the space that the enemy comes in and starts wreaking havoc as a matter of fact there are a lot of things that you deal with today as an adult things that keep you bound now because of an open space that was created years ago that never got shut that's how important it is for you to be very aware of what you are allowing into your life you've got to be very careful what you are allowing into your mind, because wherever you shift your focus, that's going to be the direction that your life's going to go in. And it may seem small. It may seem insignificant to you in the moment, but what I want you to understand is small things lead to big outcomes. Turn to the person next to you and say, small things lead to big outcomes. It's the thing that you look at in the moment and you go, you know what, this isn't really that big of a deal. Like, no one knows. I'm by myself. No one sees. No one really knows what's going on in my mind. No one really knows what's going on in my heart. And so it's, allow, it's okay for me to have these emotions. Or it's okay for me to say these words. How many of you know your words can create an open door? The Bible teaches us that the power of life and death are in your tongue. Sometimes we open negative doors through the words that we're saying. Sometimes we get alone with a friend like no one else is going to hear, and we start gossiping and talking bad about people, not realizing that we're creating a space. 
We're, we're, we're creating room. And that small thing in the moment leads to a big outcome. When, when we look at Samson's story, a lot of people are familiar with the gal named what? What's her name? Delilah. Delilah. Well, she, she must have been smoking hot. Can I just... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to go into a story right now. You do it for yourself. But she must have been like some kind of woman to get him to do some of those crazy things that he did. But when we read about Samson and Delilah, although Delilah was his downfall, I want you to understand it didn't start with Delilah. It started with patterns long ago, things that seemed really small, like one of the things that God instructed him because of his Nazarite vow was that he was not supposed to touch anything dead. And so he rips the lion apart, all good there. He goes off, when he comes back, he notices that some bees have made something in the lion's belly and there's some honey and Samson's hungry and so no one's around. It's not really that big of a deal. And what does he do? He touches the dead carcass. It's things like that in his life that he thinks it's not that big of a deal, but it keeps on piling up and piling up because over time, you keep on doing the wrong things. What happens is you become numb to the voice of the Holy Spirit that's trying to detour you from it. So there may be something like when you first start, maybe there's a little bit of conviction, but you talk yourself into going, it's not really that big of a deal or I deserve it. Another big one that you'll hear is God understands, you know. I don't know if you ever heard anyone say that. God understands. And my question is, does he really? I mean, because if it's kind of against his word, I don't think he understands. But, but the point is, like, it's those small things that lead to big outcomes. Have you ever heard of uh, how the wolf was killed by the Eskimo? Anybody ever heard that story, how the Eskimo killed the wolf? There was this wolf in the village that was terrorizing the people. And so this Eskimo devised a plan where he took a blade I got one right here. <laughs> Who feels like not paying attention during the sermon? <laughs> I, at the last men's fight night, I pulled out a nine millimeter. That was a lot more exciting than this. But he takes this blade, Bob, and he kills an animal. And he soaks the blade in the blood. Then he allows it to freeze. And he goes back and puts more blood on it. And he allows it to freeze. And he, he repeats this process over and over and over again until finally he has made a blood popsicle. And he takes it and he sticks it in the ground with that blood popsicle sticking up. And the blood is what that wolf desires. The blood is what that wolf craves and so the wolf comes up and he starts licking the blood popsicle well over time what happens is his tongue gets numb because of the ice that's what i'm talking about you do these things and at first it may not feel right and the holy spirit's going hey check yourself before you wreck yourself but we keep on doing it and over time we become numb and what used to affect us no longer affects us what used to offend us no longer offends us things that we would have walked away from in the past now we're continually drawn to it and so the wolf keeps on licking this blood popsicle until finally he gets down to the blade but he can't feel it because he's numb 
And so now he's licking the blade, and he's tasting his own blood, but he can't tell that it's his blood because he's been licking blood until finally he shreds his tongue, he bleeds out, and he dies. Something small had a big outcome. There are a lot of things in our life that we open doors to in our life. We think, you know, it's okay for me to hold on to this. You know, it's okay for me to hold on to that unforgiveness. It's okay for me to hold on to the bitterness. It's okay for me to hold on to the jealousy. It's okay for me to hold on to the anger. It's okay for me to hold on to the addiction. It's okay for me to continue looking at this. It's okay for me to continue, you know, hanging out with this group. It's okay. And not realizing over time we're wearing ourselves out and we're actually going to bleed ourselves out because small things lead to big outcomes. The good news is that also works in reverse because small things don't just lead to bad outcomes. Small things can lead to good outcomes if we're doing the right thing, if we're developing the right pattern, even if it seems small. Did you know there's a study they did about reading scripture? where it shows if somebody gets into the Word of God just four times a week, there's a drastic change in their attitude, a drastic change in their mood. Uh, Suicidal thoughts start going down. Uh, Addiction starts going down. They, They become more willing to share their faith just by taking the simple step of getting into the Word of God. Why? Because small things make big outcomes. My question and what I'm wondering today is like, what's the small thing you can start today? That's going to lead to something big in your life. What's a small thing that you can start within your family or your marriage today that's a good pattern that will lead to something healthy that will cause you to prosper? Because, you know, we've always heard the statement, there's no such thing as an overnight what? Success. But, but it's also true that there's no such thing as an overnight failure. There are patterns that lead to success and there are patterns that lead to Failure. It doesn't just happen overnight. Samson wasn't destroyed overnight. It was a pattern that he followed. What are your patterns? What are you allowing in? What are you making excuses for that you need to get rid of? What door? See, I can't answer this for you. What door do you need to shut so that you don't squander your strength? Samson had tremendous potential. He had tremendous strength, but he allowed his weakness, to swallow his strength. Samson knew how to shake himself for the enemy that was coming against him. The Bible talks about Samson would get in these predicaments and he would shake himself and the Spirit of the Lord would rush upon him and give him supernatural, unworldly strength. You understand that Samson's ability didn't come from the gym. It didn't come from his diet of, of you know, high protein and all this stuff and taking like pre-workout explosions. He didn't do any. It wasn't from that. It was supernatural from the Lord. And when he would shake himself, God would come upon him. And he was able to do incredible things. He was able to destroy armies that were coming after Israel, which was his purpose on this earth. He would shake himself. But when it came to the enemy within, he didn't know how to shake himself. Maybe it's something that he tried to deal with on his own. They kept on beating him over time until finally it took him out. And I'm wondering, how many of you are in a fight that you're trying to fight on your own? 
instead of shaking yourself and allowing the Spirit of God to fill your life and partner with you to give you the help you need. You have to understand there are some things in life that we just cannot beat on our own because we're human. We have flesh. Every single one of us has a weakness somewhere in our life, and that's the opportunity the enemy's looking for. But at the same time, I want you to know that God is looking at that same weakness, and he sees it as an opportunity to intervene. But he will not intervene without an invitation. There's got to be a moment in our life where we come to God and get real with him about what we're struggling with, what we're fighting with, and say, God, I can't do this on my own, and I know that I can't, and I need you. And God responds to that. See, many of us think that God hides from our weakness, and if we allow him to see it, then he'll run from us. But God doesn't run from our weakness. He actually runs to our weakness. That's why Jesus Christ came, because humanity got themselves into a mess that they could not fix. And God says, I'm stepping down, and I'm going to make a way for them that they cannot make for themselves. And anybody that brings me into their life through the invitation, I'm going to begin to intervene. Listen, you have supernatural power living on the inside of you. The Bible says that it is Christ in us, the hope of glory. It is God who works in you both to will and do of his good pleasure. But you've got to create space for him to step in. And many times that comes with you just getting honest with God and saying, I need your help. And I understand that this battle may not end in a moment, and this may be something that I'm going to have to walk through this process, but I'm not going to walk through this process alone because you are with me, and I'm going to come out on the other side, and, I'm going to, and I am going to come out on the other side with victory because you're with me. Wow. I don't know what that, that does something for me to know that there is a God who wants to fill my life with his spirit and with his presence, a God who wants to intervene, a God who wants to work on my behalf, a God who wants to scatter the enemy for me. But you've got to make room. You've got to make room. This morning, that's what this whole thing boils down to, is that Jesus Christ is available to every person. His Holy Spirit is available to every person, and he wants to fill you with overcoming power. See, our life is like a vessel. It's created to be filled. And we can either fill our vessel with the Spirit of the Lord that gives us strength, or we can fill our vessel with the cares of this world that swallows our strength. And many times we try to cope with our problems by filling ourselves with the things of the world because it numbs us for the moment. It feels good in the moment, not realizing that it's taking our strength. Delilah felt good in the moment, but he laid his head in the wrong lap. And that time, it got him. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to step in right here today because I know that many of you are in a fight and I'm trying to get you to spin this thing around through the power of the Holy Spirit so that you don't get to that moment to where it's over. And it can happen for you today. But you've got to allow him to fill your life. And today, as you begin to release all this garbage from your life, and you invite him to come in and help you clean the house of your life, you've got to make sure that you're going behind that and you're filling it with something good. Because if you leave your space empty, you're leaving a door open for the enemy to come right back in. 
And what happens is many times we'll have services like this, and God will start moving in someone's life, and they'll start getting deliverance and breakthrough, and they leave feeling a lot better than they did when they came in, but they never fill their space throughout the week. And what happens, the enemy comes right back in, going right after that weakness, talking to your mind, showing you things that, are you following what I'm saying? So how do you fill your space? You've got to get intentional with filling your space throughout the week. Coming to church is tremendously important and valuable. But there is a Monday through Saturday that you are responsible for. And it is up to you to fill that space. But here's what's going to happen. As you begin to fill your space with the word of God, he's going to start revealing some of those weak spots. And as he reveals that weak spot, you go, okay, God, I see that now. I'm giving it over to you. And what happens is he's going to start using that weak spot to create a strong spot in your life. He has the power and the ability to change your entire life, and he will. But it starts by being a yielded vessel. The person who is not too proud to bring their weakness. See, sometimes we, we allow pride to creep in. And we go, well, I'm a man. I'll handle this on my own. Well, that's dumb. When the Bible teaches that God will exalt the humble. We, we can't be like the little kid who's playing hide and go seek and we go, you can't see me. <laughs> no, no. The enemy sees you and God sees you. And the enemy is seeing his opportunity to destroy and God is seeing his opportunity to intervene. And it's all about the invitation you make. Because if you keep on hiding, you're inviting the enemy. But as soon as you come into the presence of God, the Bible teaches that because of Jesus Christ, we can come into the throne room of God with boldness to find help and grace and mercy in our time of need. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what you've been through. Jesus invites you to come into that throne room. 